Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Virgin and the Beast podcast. I'm joined today with my very good friend, Olivia. Uh, Olivia and I met in college. I actually am at my desk right now and I have a picture of me and Olivia on our graduation day from college. So that's cute. Oh my God. We sat next to each other. Did I put that in there for you? That, yeah, no, I did. Christmas okay. Gift after was, we yeah. graduated. I was going to say that frame looks really familiar. It sits here on my desk. Um, but anyway, so Olivia is here for this episode because um, about a year ago, she went through a pretty intense breakup. Well, actually, it wasn't that intense. It's just the relationship was like, a very long relationship. They were dating for like almost four years. Um, they like lived together. They had a cat together. They lived together for like, what, like three years? Yeah. So that's sort of complicated. We were in college for part of the relationship and we were actually roommates as we started dating. So kind of like coincidence accident, but also like, well, okay, we'll see how this works out. <laughs> And so for a while it did. And then we moved in after school together. So like not as college student roommates, we were like, you know, partners living together for about a year and a half, almost two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very like close relationship and not that like, you know, other breakups aren't valid and whatnot. And that's kind of one thing that we're going to discuss here is kind of like, I guess the range of situations, like getting over someone, whether it's like a situation like this, where they were like, so entwined into your life for like a while, or if it's someone that you maybe never even dated, like kind of how those differ in a way. And so we're just going to kind of talk about getting over someone in all of its capacities. But um, one thing that I just wanted to say just like a little disclaimer is that obviously breakups are different for different people, different people process it differently. I keep saying different, but that's a key word here. Uh, and this is just Olivia and I's kind of experiences, our experiences and things that we found helpful, things that we've learned along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was really looking forward to this because I think that when you're getting over somebody, it's kind of a roller coaster. And I think people can really resonate with sharing stories like that. And they're like, I remember feeling so angry or so sad. <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes there's even moments where you're like laughing and looking back, like, oh, I wouldn't be where I was today without that experience. And sometimes it's something that can be celebrated, even though it doesn't always seem like it. And it's always a hard thing to go through. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, that actually does a great point you said about how it's like a roller coaster and reminds me of just with like any type of healing, like, you know, talking about when people talk about therapy or even like one of my friends is like trying to lose a lot of weight right now. And when you think about something that's like a process, it's, you know, it's not linear. It's like, it can go everywhere, but as long as you're going towards the direction that you want to go, you know, but it's not a straight line usually. And so I think that's really important to keep in mind because sometimes when you're trying to get over someone, you might one day be feeling on top of the world and like, wow, I'm so over them. Everything's great. And then, you know, the next day or a couple of days later, you're like, 
oh fuck I miss them and you're just like in like a different (laughs) position and it's okay to like zigzag around a bit and that's like totally normal and like uh, I don't want to say healthy part of the process but definitely a normal part of the process and so thank you for for kind of bringing that up yeah yeah I'll I'll just briefly while I'm at it introduce myself I'm Olivia um she her I'm a young professional 25 living in the central coast um good friend of Zarina's from college and big fan of the virgin in the bees podcast so happy to be here and chat with you because I always love doing that yeah thank you and this is actually kind of a full circle moment because before I even started this podcast before the pandemic even uh I was visiting Olivia and we filmed a YouTube video talking about our experiences being biracial and we kind of filmed it in a podcast format, but I hadn't gotten into podcasting yet. So it was some kind of like weird hybrid of like YouTube and like talking pre-pandemic. So it wasn't on Zoom. And so that was my first kind of like podcast-ish experience. And now I get to have her on here on like the official podcast. So that's like really exciting for me. I'm excited too. Yeah. I remember being so happy when you set out on these creative projects and really just pursued it full-heartedly and went, you know, foot on the gas. And I was very, very proud of you. And I'm still so excited and have loved seeing how things have come along. And I think I speak for many people that the stories you share and the conversations you bring to our ears are so relatable and heartfelt and educational. Um, And then you're just a treasure. So thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so (laughs) sweet. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll moving on from the love fest. Thank you so much. So I really appreciate it, but we should probably, yeah, I'm like, Oh, it's probably go, go on to the content. Um, (laughs) Thank you though. I really appreciate that. Um, But I guess kind of moving forward, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your, I know you've had, you've had a couple experiences, not just the breakup with the ex, but some, other kind of experiences that you've had in the past year and even before before this past year but because it's been a year since you guys broke up I don't know if I said that earlier but it's been a year and it's been a crazy year and also like a really like like I'm really proud of you like the way that you've handled things and that's kind of why I also wanted to like bring you on to talk about kind of your process and what that was like so why don't you tell us more about that like how how you kind of went about just walk us through like kind of like the day it happened and then kind of like the months that followed I guess yeah yeah it was a whirlwind um so my ex and I had been living together for almost two years and we'd lived through about eight months of the pandemic together and one fall day it was like a Sunday um I'm pretty outdoorsy and he's pretty introverted. So I was like, as usual, kind of trying to take him out to go do something fun with me. And we ended up playing basketball in a nearby neighborhood and came home and he just sort of was off all day. And I didn't know what was exactly on his mind. Um, The only thing I could think of was that I'd been um, all weekend kind of asking him, Thanksgiving's coming up. We've been invited to, both of our parents have invited us who are we gonna, you know, we need to have that conversation. Like what's our plan basically, <laughs> which, you know, no pressure, right? Battle um, of the families. <laughs> right. So I figured maybe he was just preoccupied with that. Um, 
it turns out that he had been for about six months feeling like things weren't as good as they used to be. Um, and that we'd grown a lot over, you know, we started dating when we were 21 and we broke up when I was 24. So we'd grown a lot. We're very different, you know, looking back. Um, and I think that he was a really, like, he was my best friend when, when we started dating. So I think it was like a friendship that blossomed from, I mean, it was like love that blossomed from a friendship. And um, we just kind of grew up a little bit and we were different and it wasn't the same. And so that night he asked me to come out and talk to him. Um, so I came into the room and he said that he, he was crying. He was like distraught. And I rarely ever saw him like that. And I thought, oh my God, something's really wrong. <laughs> and wow. Basically, this is like the saddest part. I promise things get better. But <laughs> basically for an hour, he was talking to me about you know, what's been on his mind, how he isn't as happy as he used to be, um, how he thinks that maybe we could be happier with other people. Um, but, you know, he really cares about me and he loves me and he wants to be friends with me. And he really, you know, it was almost like we're family, you know, we, we struck out on our own together. We have a cat together. We have an apartment together, but maybe we, we would grow even more apart. And that was really hard to hear at the time because I was like a little caught out of off guard. <laughs> but I, you know, as I was hearing this, I went into survival mode and was like thinking in the back of my head while I was listening to him, okay, I'm gonna pack a bag. Like after work tomorrow, I'm just gonna go straight to my friend's house and stay there um, until I can figure out where to move because, um, you know, I can't stay here. Uh, it's not good for either of us. And so that's what I did. I um, stayed with my friends in a, in a town close by, cried in front of my office mates. They were, they were major support. Um, and, you know, it was just a really rough about two weeks um, where I was just kind of dumbstruck <laughs> and in shock. Um, and just, I think that I was thinking logistically, like, what's my next step? I need to find like a new support system. I need to find a new rock, you know, a new place to live, a new place to call home because I felt really displaced. And, um, that was really hard. I think that looking back just the transition of, of, you know, having my home sort of uprooted, I guess, and then having to redefine what that looked like for myself alone as a single person was really, really hard, but Fortunately, you know, I had some really close friends who were just the best and I was living with them for about six months um, before I moved into my own house and that move um, about five or six months after that breakup was so empowering. Um, I just distinctly remember moving myself, all my things like with my sedan, like cramming my far car full of everything and just picking up and going and having this fresh space that was just my own. And that was just one of the most amazing moments I think in my life, because I thought here I am like 300 miles from family. I have these friends that have like supported me and, you know, lent an ear when I need it. And here I am doing this thing where all by myself and this place that's mine and mine alone. Yeah. So it was really, it was really amazing. And around that time I had been dating a little bit. So I, about three months after the breakup, you know, it was peak pandemic. This was January of 2021. And I was very 
angry. So when I was going through this breakup, it was like, I was distraught. And then there was the phase of what did I do wrong? Which fortunately was short-lived because that one's, I think the hardest (laughs) because you know, there's nothing you could have done. Right. It's just two people. It's not that one person isn't right for the other. It's that they're not right for each other. Right. So it's not, the burden's not on one person and it's not anyone's fault. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's a very strong message that I think. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people need to hear. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Cause I think our first instinct is, was I not good enough for them? And that's such a screwed up thing to think because like in reality, that's such a construct. It's not that like one person is like the lesser, right. Or the one person is, it's just that you're not right for each other. Right. And that's not to put blame on any one person. It's just sort of the situation and what you guys need in your lives. And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be something that makes anyone feel lesser. Right. So in January, I was kind of at that stage of the relationship where you're kind of like hating your ex. And then I was like, really pleased. I was like, oh my gosh, my sentiment has changed. I'm looking at it very much in the past. And that's amazing. Like, that's really good news, right? Because me having this anger is a sign that I'm progressing, right? And so that was something that made me really happy. Um, And then after a couple of weeks of feeling kind of angry, I was like, I feel like I need help moving forward. And I was like, what can I do? Because I'm feeling kind of at a stalemate. Um, Like, what can I be actively doing to help move this along and help um, keep this process going, to keep this transition going? And I thought, well, I think that it would be smart to to start thinking about other people that way, right? Like to start kind of opening up yourself and um, yeah, maybe try dating. So one major fear I had at that moment was, am I ready to share myself with somebody? Because this version of me right now is, you know, in my perspective of myself, I had shared a life with this other person for so long. Who am I now without them? Do I have any stories that don't have him in them to share on a first date, right? And so that was one thing that I was like, we'll see how this goes. Like, (laughs) you know, we'll see if this works out. I can always, you know, I can always back off and come back to it later, right? Um, So I downloaded Bumble, which was very fun. Um, Yeah, dating apps are such a strange, strange thing, but also very, very fun. And it was a very empowering thing to do. It was peak pandemic. So what I, I did a lot of FaceTime dates, um, which was actually really convenient because if, you know, 20, 25 minutes were going by and like it really, the conversation wasn't great and you really didn't have a lot in common, um, you know, I could be like, well, you know, it's getting late. Um, I think I'm gonna start getting ready for bed. It was really nice to meet you. You know, you're not like, stuck somewhere in the middle of dinner where you're having to like wait through the rest of your meal or something like that. So it was actually really convenient. And I had, I met a lot of really cool people. One in particular, I got pretty hung up on over the next few months. Um, and he was so sweet. He was just funny and cute and polite and, you know, just like I was smitten. I was very smitten and you know how you feel like, when you're going through the early part of a breakup, you're like, oh, I'll never love again. Like, <laughs> you know, that was my one and only, like my, my soulmate. And then it's gone. And no, I mean, I think that there's plenty of fish in the sea and you never know who is going to, you know, catch your eye. So I was surprised, needless to say. Um, 
He, however, despite that we went on some really fun in-person outdoorsy things, which I love, right? Like I wasn't used to that. And I was like, oh, you can date someone with the same interests? That, who'd have thunk? Wow. <laughs> right? And so it was really fun and we had a lot of fun and he seemed to be pretty interested in me. Unfortunately, as the months went on, he kind of started to like withdraw somewhat and he had some health issues. And so of course, whenever there's like a void in communication, you can't help but like fill that gap with like what ifs or doubts and these like little, you know, just toxic things that really, really are just so preoccupying and really unfair (laughs) because if you can only communicate, it's, you know, probably a really easy explanation. Like we're not on the same page or maybe I'm just distracted and can't date right now or preoccupied. Who knows what it was, but, um, it basically ended with me like every couple of weeks hitting him up and being like, Hey, like, does this sound fun? Do you want to get together? Um, are you interested in getting together with me? And after just about a month of that, maybe even six weeks, I just gave up. Um, and then I was talking to my coworkers about this again, they've been my support in more ways than one. And they were like, wait, isn't your bike still there? Because we did a lot of bike dates. And I was like, um, yeah, actually, you're right. I should probably get that. And they were like, yeah, go get your bike, girl. Like, get your bike and then close that door. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so um, I tell him, I, re- I text him, I say, hey, I need to come get my bike. And he he responded and was like, oh, yeah, come by, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I saw him and he was really sweet and, you know, just normal, like sweet self, like as if nothing had happened. And it was really confusing. So you know, having gotten that signal, I texted him later that day at like midnight and like poured my heart out again, right? Trying to fill that void with some kind of communication and say like, this is where I'm at. I think you're great. You know, I sense that you are on the same page, but I don't know. Um, You know, maybe you could hit me up when you're feeling up to it. And like, just, yeah, basically the ball's in your court is what that was. Never heard back. And that was Ouch. (laughs) Six months ago, I think. Um, Yeah. So that was rough. And then I got pretty angry. I was like, you know what? Like I spent all this energy fretting. Um, And what was so funny about that, like compared to the other breakup just maybe six months before was that, you know, I was, it was so much easier to like have a plan to move on from my ex that I'd spent almost four years with, because it was like, here's the logical steps. But with that guy from Bumble, because of that void, it was so hard to know what to do, to know what they were thinking, to know how to move forward, just so much doubt and confusion. And honestly, you know, I think that in terms of just a relationship specifically, not the like being transplanted from my home and having to reground myself and find a support system, that aside, um, you know, I think the Bumble guy was in a way harder to get over. It took longer. You know, he really had me preoccupied because we didn't have like a clear conversation, a clear breakup, clear closure. There was none of that. Um, so it's funny to have had such two interesting breakups so close together and then have them be so starkly different and have the Bumble guy have been even harder somehow in some ways. Um, So that's just sort of the long-winded version of, you know, why I think you and I wanted to chit-chat about this was all the the myriad of ways that you can get over somebody and what that looks like 
And yeah, with the Bumble guy, I basically just had to accept that I didn't have an answer and that I had to be okay with that and that I may never have one. Um, And that's what I ended up doing. I just had to accept that I would never know really what happened exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, when we're talking about this, we're kind of saying how like there's a situation like your situation with your ex where you were displaced from your home and so much of your life was like intertwined with him versus this bumble guy. Like it's almost like they're neither one is, I mean, you said that the bumble guy was in some ways like harder to get get over, but like both are painful. And I think when, when looking at breakups or getting over someone, something that some people may tend to do. And I tend to do is like, try to invalidate your pain by comparing it to others. I'm like, Oh, like why? Like I shouldn't be hung up on this guy. Like my pain isn't valid. I wouldn't exactly say my pain isn't valid. I'd be like, why are you hung up with this guy? If you never dated him? Like I'd be really hard on myself and I wouldn't let myself grieve or feel pain because I didn't think that I was like, my situation was worthy of feeling pain, whatever that even means. It's Um, not like a scale, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I reached mile five. Therefore I'm allowed to, you know, be upset about this. No, like, and you know, something I kind of forget that I have to tell myself about the Bumble guy was that we were dating during the pandemic and we weren't in a bubble together, right? Like we never had that conversation to merge bubbles. So we literally, we never kissed like, you know, so compare that to like somebody I spent four years, almost four years cohabitating with. And it's like, just wild to me that you can have such, you know, intense, um, transitions from things that you never thought were, like you said, maybe even at that scale or at that, um, caliber, but everything's just, you know, based on the situation and where you are, where they are and what the situation is between you two. Um, even if you can even have a pulse on that. And with this bubble guy, bumble guy, I really didn't. Um, So it's it's just hard. Everything's very different (laughs) as you were saying earlier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, you know, as the, it doesn't invalidate the pain, like, you know, both are painful, but they are, as you said, different and it's different situations and contexts, but like with getting over a major breakup with someone who your life was very closely connected to that's comes with a whole different host of problems, not problems, but things to get over with, like finding yourself in your new life without that person. Like that's a whole step in itself. Whereas, as you said, getting over this bumble guy or someone that you maybe had a situationship with, or like you, mm-hmm. something that wasn't very clear communication, it can be weird in a sense of like you didn't have as you said there's a lot of confusion so you don't have like a proper like pathway of what to know Mm -hmm. but also it's like with situationships or things where I think like the potential isn't fully realized right it's almost like the the death of a relationship that couldn't even happen like it it cuts short before it even gets its chance to like see what it can blossom into which is like a different problem whereas with the um, you know, a clean cut, not a clean cut, but with an ex where you don't break up because of circumstantial reasons. It's because you realize you're not right for each other. It's like, okay, this is painful, but we know that we're not right for each other. So it kind of played out as much as it can. And in this case for him, it almost seemed like it played out a little too long if it had been on his mind for a long time. Yeah. 
versus something that didn't play out enough in your mind of what should have been enough. So right. it's very different situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it actually, when you were talking about the, um, when you had messaged him, it kind of reminded me of earlier this year. Um, and this kind of also plays back into like what I said about not validating pain and not, I think a very important part of a breakup, which I think you did very early on, which was great or not a breakup, but like moving on from someone is processing and letting yourself feel all that you have to feel and and getting it out so you can move forward. Yeah. Um, And not just, um, you know, having those waves of emotions, but also spending some time to think about it. I remember in relationships past, I think the relationship just before, um, the ex that I shared a cat with in an apartment with, I remember being just really overwhelmed. I hadn't really had a major breakup before and I was experiencing it all for the first time. And I remember really just having to figure out what that process looked like for me. How do you reevaluate who you are without somebody and just remind yourself of who you are and find yourself again? Um, and I think that that's a really, really important thing for people to be able to do because you, you can't always control what happens with your relationships or, you know, maybe you lose a job and you have to move somewhere. Like, you know, it's not always about your re- relationship. It's also about like your stability in your life and how that, you know, life event has affected that and how you perceive yourself. So I think that, you know, for people who don't have, haven't gone through that before, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, and I remember the first time around for me, when I was about 19, I just really relied on my friends and like fell on them and we went out and did things and there was lots of diversions and fun and we were in college. So that was a really easy environment to do that. This time around though, last year with my ex, I did move in with friends and they were supportive. And, you know, I was really grateful because I knew that that's what I would need. But I think I learned this time around that you also need some time that's kind of quiet time, time that's um, where you can be alone and you can reflect on how you're feeling, like you were describing these waves of emotions, because I think it's just as important to like spend some time working on yourself and even just acknowledging how you're feeling, thinking about it. How am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? You know, how is this impacting me and my well being? Because if you can sit and think about that, um, it's really, really going to help you move forward because you're sort of processing and chewing that information um, and wrapping your head around it. And it makes just everything feel so much more valid. And that's something I learned this time around that I think was really valuable because there was a whirlwind of emotions and it is important to be mindful and you know love yourself and love that process because it's just going to bring you somewhere better Um, and you shouldn't feel ashamed or, you know, be reluctant to grieve because, you know, grief sometimes isn't always going to present itself in a way you expect. So that's why it's important to have some time to really think about it and embrace it, um, so that you can help that process along a little, but just slight interjection there. I just, I do want to hear the story though. No, no, no. I love that. I I appreciate that message too, of like just being gentle with yourself and and letting the process unfold. I think that's such an important message with this and just a lot of things in life is to be gentle with yourself. And one thing that I was like really proud of you when you were going through this was how, like, as you said, you take those moments, like, you know, 
quiet and reflection, but I was really proud of how much you were like making an effort to enrich your life with other things. And one of those things was, you know, you say you'd go on walks or go to like nature places and reflect and you were, you know, you can kind of go more into like what you were doing, but I'm like, I thought it was really great how you were taking time to process and emotionally like feel your feelings, but also enrich your life with other things. So, yeah, exactly. I think when you're single or newly single, it, you suddenly have all this mental and emotional capacity that you, that was kind of filled by a partner before, right? Because mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, my ex and I had pretty different interests. So it was always kind of this tug and pull of me participating in his interests and then him often reluctantly kind of like coming out and participating with my hobbies. So once you weren't like doing a delicate balance like that, um, you suddenly had all this freedom And, you know, I think this time around when I became newly single, I really enjoyed that process of, okay, this is a crappy thing to have happened, but how do I turn this into an opportunity um, to, like you said, enrich my life? And what I ended up doing was um, not only getting a lot better at like self-reflection and, you know, being kind to yourself and learning about your mental health, but also I had this time where when, when I was always trying to get this ex involved in the things I like doing for fun on the weekends after work, I suddenly thought, oh, well, now that I'm moving forward with this new chapter and I'm not focusing on this one person who's in my past, who do I want to bring in to help me, you know, have those, make those memories that are mine and mine alone and things that I'll be proud of. Right. So I even struck out on Bumble BFF, which for those of you who don't know is like functions like a dating app, but it's for making friends. I actually went on like Bumble BFF dates with some girls in my area and ended up meeting two girls that just really have stuck with me. And they've seen me through my move. They've seen me through, um, you know, this like situationship ending with this other guy. And, you know, they've seen me through so much and they're a part of my lives and a part of my routine now. And if I hadn't gone through this breakup, I would have never sought them out. I would have you know, been spending my time probably with my ex. Um, so I've been really enjoying this sort of new chapter and this current stage and my current routine, because I think it's a lot more well-suited for me. And um, I'm in touch with my ex because like I said, we're really good friends. And after some space, we we catch up every once in a while and see how we're doing. And I, I visit the cat because <laughs> he's like my son. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we that's something he's articulated to me that, you know, Olivia, you do seem a lot happier I'm really glad that you've gone out on a limb and um, sought this like enriching routine that you're enjoying. So that's been really, really nice. And I'm, I'm kind of grateful to him, honestly, that he was brave enough to like speak up about how he was doing and um, how we were doing from his perspective. And, you know, if he hadn't, maybe we'd still be together and maybe I wouldn't have had all these experiences that I've had. It was a, a blessing in disguise. I didn't feel like it at the time, but now like looking back, you're able to have that perspective, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to hear your story. You were, <laughs> you were um, saying that you'd done something earlier this year that my stories reminded you of. Right, right, right. This kind of ties into the, um, the final message that you'd sent to the situationship Bumble guy going way back when, back when I was in college, I, um, there was this guy that I met 
and we had like a lot of chemistry in like different ways and we're like friends but like I don't know it's just one of those situations where we were also studying abroad so we weren't like we didn't live in the same countries we were just there for like a temporary amount of time and he was emotionally unavailable and I was like I'm gonna be abroad I'm gonna and then also just before that kind of realized or not realized but like fully accepted and like come to the conclusion that I was like bi-curious or bisexual so I was like I'm gonna go abroad and have sex with guys and girls and it's gonna be great so I wasn't in the mindset of like going into a relationship type thing he certainly <laughs> wasn't and we just kind of connected and we're all, I was also like really bad at communicating my feelings in that type of way at that point. So it was just, it was like a very like chemistry charged, like situation that like didn't have ample communication ended with like no closure the day that we we're both leaving because we were like the semester was over. We we're going, well, we were traveling first, but we we're going to different countries. I was going to Fiji. He was going to like a different country. And anyway, details don't matter. But what matters is that <laughs> I had to get up at like 5am the next day to go to Fiji. And I like went to bed that night trying to wrap my head around the fact that like, I was probably never going to see him again. I did end up because we we're friends and we did end up like being in each other's countries and visiting and stuff. But I didn't know that at the time. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm never going to see him again. I'm never going to say bye. And I'm someone who's like very like I'm very, I take my goodbyes very seriously. Like I like to say my goodbyes to people. Anyway, I'm just like kind of cheesy like that. But um, anyway, so I, the next day I was going to Fiji with these people. I was staying in a hostel. So I was going to be like surrounded by people for like a couple days. I woke up the next day and I'd send him a message being like, oh, like, are you back yet? If not, like, that's fine, but let me know because I'm going to go to sleep, blah, 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 whatever. And he didn't respond and he like never responded. And so in the morning when I woke up, I saw that he didn't respond. Like I was expecting him to say something like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I was out late, but have a safe flight or something like that, you know? But when he didn't, I just kind of like jumped to conclusions and took that yeah. as he didn't give a shit about me. And I just right. like, felt so like sick and nauseated. And then yeah. I jumped on a plane and like was in a hostel. So I was just like, I'm not going to process this. I never even dated him. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You were it down. pushing it down. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, not recognizing that it is something that, you know, you do have to like grieve and you do have to get over them and that that's okay. Like, yeah, I totally see how frustrating that might've been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's kind of what happened there. And I didn't let myself properly whatever I needed to do. Right. I was like, okay, I'm going to Fiji. Don't let this boy ruin a trip to Fiji. Like, but yeah, anyway, so that's the history of that. And after that, there were other situationships and other things. And I thought I'd gotten over him. Um, but then when quarantine happened, everything that I shoved down just kind of came bubbling back. And that's the problem with, with shoving emotions down. And so I just kind of realized that I hadn't fully dealt with it. I did like a year later do some journaling. And I think going back to what you're saying about reflecting on where you're at and how it's affecting you, I did do some journaling for a journaling class and that I did find that to be pretty helpful. And I think journaling or any type of creative outlet can be really great for those type of things. If just sitting around and thinking doesn't come naturally to you, <laughs> um, I guess that is sitting around and thinking, but it's kind of like a channeled energy version of it. But anyway, so 
you know, enter quarantine times. And I realized that I had unresolved feelings for him. And I just really felt like I needed to say my piece and just say like how I felt in order to move on. And so I decided to like send him a message, letting him know how I felt, even though like previous me would have been terrified to do that. I'm like, you know what? Like, even if he doesn't respond, like that's an answer, you know? And so I kind of went through this thing of like, just put your heart out on the table, just, just write out the message, send it. And I was, I was fully prepared for like anything or even no response. Like I wasn't expecting like, Oh yes, let's, you know, start dating or whatever. Or I don't even know. I don't know if I even wanted to hear that because we hadn't like seen each other in so long. Like, I don't even know what I was expecting. I just knew that I had to like get you it, to all do it out for there. yourself. Right. It was like part of creating closure. Yeah, exactly. It's that getting that closure for yourself and creating your own closure. And so I, that was like, so I think that was like such a great thing for me to have done in terms of like moving forward. Cause it really did help. And he did respond and he was very nice about it, which I appreciated. But I, as I said, like, even if he didn't respond, if I like set it all out there and he didn't respond, like that would be an answer in a way. And so yeah. when you were having this thing, with your bumble guy, I was like, Olivia, like you have to tell him how you feel to just like get it out there. Um, and hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that, that did help you move on. Cause now you're actually in like a committed relationship with someone else. And so that, um, I'm happy about that for you. Yeah, Um, I know. And it's wild because, um, I, you know, had spent so long in a committed relationship when I set out to date this year after that breakup, I wasn't really anticipating re-entering something serious so quickly. Um, And so at the time when I was first meeting my boyfriend, current boyfriend and the other Bumble guy, you know, there was like, I think two or three people at that time that I was kind of seeing here and there. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I I knew I wanted to choose somebody because I didn't, it was getting confusing. It was like, you need to, you know, um, you you didn't want to waste their time too. Right. Like you didn't want to like, so I just had to pick, (laughs) but so, you know, it was just interesting to be so hung up on that one guy while, um, I was just meeting my current boyfriend and like, didn't yet have any expectations for that. Um, little did I know he was like, really like looking for a girlfriend and had a very different agenda than I did. And fortunately he was patient enough and I liked him enough that I was willing to like move forward with something more serious with him. But yeah, it was kind of a weirdly like poetic time that as I was hung up on kind of going through a breakup of this situationship, I had this other thing right in front of me that was like kind of fell in my lap and I'm really lucky. Um, But Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny that I think right around you and I both had sent those messages to those guys, like, I think within like a month or maybe six weeks of each other. Cause I remember we just immediately called each other up and we're like, this happened, (laughs) like, help. (laughs) And, um, you know, when I've talked to my other girlfriends about, um, this transition I've been in, like how I struck out and started dating and how, you know, I was always the more communicative one 
um, up until like my current boyfriend, which is, I think, part of the reason it worked out because he was like mature with communication like I was. And so I think that's one thing that early on I saw and thought was a really good thing. But when I when I talk to other girlfriends about what I went through, I feel like it's really rare for people, especially women, because of, I don't know, like being chased or whatever rom-com expectations we like grew up with, um, that we really are, everyone's like not really, they don't really communicate as much as I think we should. And I think if we communicated more, yeah, it might create some awkward situations or some, you know, restless nights of waiting for a reply, but I think that we'd all be better off. Cause you know, even though you got an answer that was probably the last thing you were looking for, I mean, maybe something worse would be no reply at all, like in my situation, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like you were able to move on, you were able to close that door and then move forward. And cause I think that these things, like they're really preoccupying and I think they affect many areas of our life. Like I've, I was distracted at work, like, you know, and I'm pretty career oriented. So I think that, you know, just communicating more and when in doubt and when you're having those what ifs or those doubt moments, like, oh, and you're interpreting what they did or said, just ask them. Like, that's my biggest <laughs> advice to girls and my girlfriends when I'm talking to them is that I think for some reason we think we can't, but we can. And it's really empowering when you practice that skill and put it to work because, you know, you save your time, you save your energy um, in the long run. Amen. Yeah. Your energy is so <laughs> precious. And as you said, it really pulls you in when you're trying to mind read and mind reading isn't going to help anyone. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help them. So if you're listening to this and you have a situationship or someone that you're hung up on and you guys haven't communicated as much as you need to take this as your sign to send them a message and lay it all out there. Don't have any expectations, but yeah. just communicate and even though it may be painful in the short term, it is going to benefit you in the long term. We promise. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of, um, so I started a group chat with those office mates I mentioned to keep them updated on all of this. And one thing that my um, office mate said, and I wanted to read it for you, for me, and for all those other people out there who I can relate to this. Um, let me see if I can find it. So I found what I sent to them. It was a meme that says, people always say there's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, but I've got my eye fixated on that specific emotionally distant salmon who has commitment issues. I think I may actually have even sent that to you. Maybe, I think, but, I'm like, um, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, It's a good one. It's a really good one. It's really good. But um, so I sent that to my office mates and they thought that was funny. And then one of them replied and said, um, he could have been lovingly and respectfully crafted into a beautiful piece of sushi. Now he might get swooped up by a bear and get violently and unceremoniously eaten. His <laughs> loss. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I love how you just extended that and applied it to my situation with that bumble dude. Um, but so anyway, I thought that we would enjoy that and that maybe that would be relevant and, you know, resonate with some people listening. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you'll get crafted into a sushi that's not your favorite but it's someone else's favorite and is to their taste yeah and that's fine no I and that's what I hope for him he's yeah. sweet so I don't really wish the unceremonious bear mauling on anyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even if they're like emotionally unavailable salmon you know 
that, that's their right. <laughs> Even emotionally unavailable salmon deserve to be made into sushi. Mm-hmm. But when, when they've rejected you and you feel hurt, it's okay to wish that they get eaten by a bear too. <laughs> right. And that's what your friends are for, right? Is to like mm-hmm. fan that flame as you're going through the like angry, hateful part of the, <laughs> of the breakup process. And that's not to say that that has to happen. Um, but for me, there's usually a point like a couple months in that I suddenly feel that way. Uh, and it doesn't last fortunately, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually an important sentiment to keep in mind of like the whole narrative of being angry at your ex or someone who rejected you, which of course this is, it's dependent on situation, right? Cause if you were in like a very toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, then that is a completely different situation and they don't deserve any goodness from you or in your thoughts or whatever. Like that's just a different situation. We're not considering those situations, but just in a more, in a breakup where it's just two people not being right for each other sometimes we can get swept up in this narrative of like, oh, fuck him. He sucks or, you know, vice versa. But I think it's important to like, yeah, get your anger out if you need to. And if that helps you move on, but also keep in mind that like, they're just a person, you're just a person. It didn't work out. That's okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) I have a list of things to, that I wanted to cover. So I'll just um, touch on those really quick. But one of the things, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about validating your feelings and like feeling your feelings and that's okay. There was this one guy that I was hung up on my first year of college. He was like my first college crush and things didn't work out as they often do. And I remember kind of beating myself up emotionally just being like, oh, why are you sad about him? You didn't even actually, like you weren't in a relationship with him, like get over it sort of thing. And I was just being very mentally tough on myself and I wasn't, you know, accepting the fact that I really liked this guy and that it was painful and I had to get over it. But one day I kind of had this thought of like, you know, one day you will be over him and that day, may not be today and that's okay you know it's it's okay to not be over someone and it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning about the process not being linear about it being more of a roller coaster I just wanted to pass that thought on to anyone listening who maybe doesn't feel like they're fully over someone or is maybe going through that roller coaster and they're on a down day today may not be the day that you're over them but it'll come eventually. It usually creeps up on you. It's not usually an overnight thing. Um, and one day you'll just kind of be like, oh, like I'm, I don't think about this person anymore. Or like, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. And it will just kind of be like a passing thought and not like this yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, let yourself feel your feelings, let yourself grieve, whether it's a long-term relationship where your life has been uprooted whether it's a relationship that didn't have time to take bloom. Uh, I had a friend who was in a relationship, but then things got cut off just due to pure circumstance. And that was really hard for her because it wasn't like a, oh, we're not right for each other. But also it wasn't like they did date and were really close. And so it was like a weird in-between. And, you know, so maybe you're just grieving the fact that you can't be with the person who you think might be your soulmate, like whatever it may be, let yourself grieve and process 
but also enrich your life and allow yourself to move forward. So I just wanted to share that and make sure that was covered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me too, um, speaking of having down days, occasionally I'd be reminded of, um, like maybe I was even at work and just was reminded of like my cat that I shared with FedEx <laughs> or, you know, a memory or a good time we had when I lived in that neighborhood or, you know, with the friends we shared um, and that sort of thing. And sometimes it would like really hit me and it would have been months later. And I felt definitely like I was well over the guy, but um, you know, some situations are, you know, like you said, when your lives are so intertwined, you never really know what grief is going to look like. Um, and you don't know what grief's going to look like, even if you had a situationship that ended. Right. And so you just be really kind to yourself and, you know, acknowledge these feelings and think about it a little bit and, um, talk about it. If you, if you feel like it with your friends and you may be surprised at how powerful and how many realizations and how much you can learn about yourself and what you're capable of. Yes. 100%. Amen. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to cover or talk about before we wrap up? I can't think of anything. I think we have some good, uh, some good little pieces of love to share. <laughs> Speaking of love to share, Olivia and I have put our love for you into a playlist that we've made for anyone who's trying to get over someone uh, I'll have it linked in the description it's called getting over someone um, but yeah I'll have that linked and it's also intentionally ordered so it's kind of like supposed to be from like the beginning of a breakup and as you go through the stages kind of so yeah I have a problem with making playlists I have like not all of them are public but I have like over 70 playlists now wow. that I've made most of them in quarantine and so I have like a bad habit of making playlists and so I was like I want to make a playlist for this and I know when you were getting over your breakup you were kind of sending me songs that you were listening to and how they were helping and so so I thought it'd be a cool idea for us to craft a playlist together we both also love music so um mm. yeah so we hope that you enjoy this playlist that we've curated for you guys yeah that reminds me um when you were saying you've been doing a lot of playlist making in the pandemic I totally forgot about this and I'll add this song after we get off but um basically you know that song by um oh god what's it called grow as we go I think oh it's by Ben Platt yeah oh my god so especially that two week period when I was, um, really just like lost and in triage mode with my life after that breakup, uh, you know, I was like commuting to my friend's house and it was my first time commuting to this town because I'd never lived in that neighboring town before. And it was dark and it was winter and I would just like blast the heater cause it was really cold at, you know, I mean, for California terms, I guess. <laughs> so I was cold cause I'm California born and raised, but, um, I would also blast this song and just listen to it on repeat and like sing to it. And you know how you sing to yourself in the car? Like, yeah, it's one of the best feelings and one of the like most fun things. But um, I remember just being fixated on that song. And what was so cool about it was that 
at least my interpretation was this person had been broken up with probably and the person that they were singing about I think they were reluctant to part ways with them and they were expressing that they wanted to keep each other in each other's lives because they could grow together like they didn't have to be there didn't have to be this schism there didn't have to be this like complete separation and you know we could grow together basically like even if it's not you know it's almost like maybe they're trying to convince themselves or convince this other person and I really resonated with that especially after being dumped um because you know I I had some of those feelings right Mm -hmm. and it was just really nice to like listen to that song and have it be really validating and now when I listen back on it I feel so differently about it too like it's just an interesting thing how music's like this little message in this little point in time that's sort of become eternal and when you can listen back to it and feel completely differently and look back on your life and how you felt in that chapter and be in such a different place and a happier place a better place it's it's really cool so you know I had fun listening to this Spotify playlist because there's a lot of like really sad songs in there especially in like the first half that you're like oh yes I know I've been there I've been like singing to this song in my car (laughs) and it's fun to listen back and have memories and have like success stories of you having gotten over somebody and be feeling really good where you are now so it's been fun to listen to those songs and it makes you feel empowered you know it's like I did that I got through that hell yeah (laughs) we're good now (laughs) yeah ready for the next go around (laughs) (laughs) maybe not maybe maybe a a go around where you're better and wiser and hopefully you won't have to go go around again but if you do you'll you'll be better prepared as you said that first time you had gone through a bad breakup when you were 19 versus now like you were better prepared this time around because you would yeah yeah And that, I don't know what we were just saying also reminded me of when I was talking to you after you'd sent a message to the person that you had a situation with abroad. I remember this like phrase that you and I kept just telling each other around that time was that we shot our shot. And that's really all you can do because if you put yourself out there and you communicate how you feel, there's really nothing else you can do. Um, And you've done all you can. And that way you can look back and have no regrets. And it may seem scary at the time um, to communicate how you feel, but I think that it's just such a useful tool that we have that we don't utilize enough, maybe. Yeah, and that's the thing I think of why it makes it so much easier to move on at that point. Because as you said, with that Bumble Guy situationship, it was like so confusing and you didn't know what steps to take. But once you've put it all out there and communicated your feelings, there are no more steps to take, at least from your end. And so- at that point, it becomes clear based off of their responses. And then with that clarity, you can kind of move forward, which I think is like part of the power or magic behind communicating how you feel about someone. Yeah. 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 So there's two songs on the playlist that um, in addition to Grow As We Go by Ben Platt, I wanted to mention that um, the first being Manhattan by Sarah Bareilles. And I've been a big Sarah Bareilles fan for all of my life, but she's amazing. Yeah. I love her. And I think she went to UCLA. So I'm like, UC system. And she also mm-hmm. majored in communications, I believe. 
So I'm, I don't know. I feel like if you and I met her in real life, we would like get along for some reason. Um, I hope so. I, I would want to be friends with her. <sighs> yeah. She seems so cool. I love her. Sarah Burley's have been a fan of for a long time now. And the song I enjoyed Manhattan too, but it kind of had this whole new meaning when I went through this breakup because something that I was faced with that I didn't anticipate was I was sharing this town, you know, with the sex and somewhere where I we'd moved there together and you know we'd had all these memories shared there together and so everywhere I looked there was like you know I was reminded of that and that was really hard at first so Manhattan by Sarah Burley's was really really validating because she talks about like you can have that city and you know I thought you know who knows where my career would take me maybe I'll leave maybe I won't have to like live here it with like the ghost of this relationship or something which, so you know, poetic. fortunately, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, you know, looking back, like, I'm, I'm really glad that wasn't the case. Like, I definitely feel like I've taken back my city. Um, and that's why that second song street by street by Lafay is like this new wave of that break or the getting over somebody phase, because it's like in that song, it's the same situation. The artist shares a city with an ex, but I think some more time has gone on and she's like, I'm taking back this city street by street. Um, so, you know, it's a process. I'm making new memories that don't involve you. And yeah, like I'm reminded of you every once in a while. I think she like mentions a coffee shop or something, but she's at the point where it's like, she feels empowered. Like she's going through this transition and she's winning, you know, like she's winning, even if it's kind of a process with herself and, you know, she's really not involved or doesn't communicate with her ex. She like acknowledges that past and that history. And it's really important to do that as part of your process too. like think back and learn from it because otherwise, what are we doing dating? You know, we're supposed to be learning. We're supposed to be refining um, our criteria in someone. And when you want to share your life with them and who they are and how they make you feel. And so those two songs, I are similar, but like two timestamps in my, um, in my journey. I love that, that shared metaphor, but like at different points in time and I think that also speaks to you know what we're saying about the playlist being like a you can put it on shuffle if you want but it is intentionally <laughs> like chronological and kind of as you said those sadder songs in the beginning are just validating and just to like let yourself like breathe and experience and move through whereas yeah. later on more kind of empowering songs and moving forward because if you kind of jump the gun of like I'm just gonna move on right away like that can be good but also you might like end up like sometimes it just feels good to like um as you said your play a playlist that you had before was called wallow and sometimes it's good to just wallow for a little bit but you don't want to stay wallowing like forever either so right yeah. yeah yeah and that short little playlist wallow that I took some songs for this playlist of ours that was really it it was like those moments where I just felt like shit and I didn't know what else to do but like listen to these songs that were at that level with me and were heartbreaking, you know, like lots of Sarah Burley songs. <laughs> and so it was, it was really good. And then, you know, songs like Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, um, you know, months later felt all the more relevant. And I was able to relate to at a whole new level that I hadn't before. I loved that song before, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Next Ariana. That's right. Move on from those like X's and say, thank you. This is what you gave me. And this is how you've helped me grow, but I'm moving forward. Um, you know, that 
I feel like I understood that and was able to relate to it so much more after going through those getting over people phases. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say, but yes. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> good. But yeah, that playlist, great songs, different levels of, not levels, but different stages of emotions and that will be available and linked in the description thank you man <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right i think we're done any any lasting statements you guys keep at it communicate yes yay be kind of yourself be patient grief presents itself in like any number of ways and it's good to acknowledge that and be mindful so you can move through it yes definitely yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Olivia. Thank you yeah. for having me. Of course, of course. And thank you to everyone who listened or watched this. We are on Instagram at the Virgin in the Bees podcast. So you can find us there. We post fun things. And I hope this episode was helpful. And if you enjoyed it, maybe share it with a friend, a coworker who's maybe going through a breakup or something, or someone who, who might really enjoy your benefit from this and send it their way and yeah keep on buzzing yes buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz. <laughs> thanks serena i love that hello it's me serena i'm just popping on here to apologize for any weird noises that might have been in the audio for this episode Actually, my podcasting mic broke, but it wasn't something I did. It was like a hardware malfunction. So I was actually waiting for a new warranty covered mic to arrive when we filmed this. And so I was using just the Apple headphones and I guess it was um, the microphone was brushing on my hair or my shirt or something. And sometimes it would make a weird noise. So I, I tried to edit it out, but I... I couldn't fully. So if you hear any weird noises in there, uh, I'm sorry. I hope it didn't, didn't distract too much, but we're back with um, the proper microphone. The microphone came, so we're all good now. And yeah, thanks for listening and see you later. Bye.